podcast number one of the Rome Bracey Sports Podcast. Thursday, May 13th, 2021. Let me just start by saying thanks for choosing to listen to this podcast. At this point, there are millions of sports podcasts out there. And for you to listen to mine, I can't thank you enough. If you enjoy what you hear today, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at B underscore sports. And my YouTube is just at Rome Bracey. There's so much more content to come on all platforms, so stay tuned. With that being said, let's get right into today's biggest NFL headlines, and we'll start with the NFL schedule that was released last night. Of course, this one's a little different with 17 regular season games. And to start off the season, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Cowboys on September 9th. I'm pretty excited about this game. I think um, with Dak coming back, there's some intrigue um, in the Cowboys, but ultimately it's going to depend on their defense. I don't think their defense is going to be serviceable enough for, for them to be a great team. But with that being said, I think they probably do win that division unless the Washington football team can get Fitzmagic to do what he did last year. So I'm going to take the Bucks in that first opening night. I'm kind of scared to see how good the Bucks can be in year two. If you would have told me in week five of last year that they were going to win the Super Bowl, I wouldn't have believed you because they just didn't look like they had it together. But they were to put it all. To, they were able to put it all together at the end of the year, and year two is going to be scary for the league. I think coming from the Bucks. Another notable game on the schedule is going to be Tom Brady going back to Foxborough, and that's going to be on Sunday night, week four of the season. I don't think it's going to be even close, to be honest with you. I'm probably going to go with the Bucks. Brady is wired like that. <laughs> Another notable matchup, we have the Bills at the Chiefs in week five, which is going to be an AFC championship rematch. And I think that game is going to be electric. I'm excited to see how the Bills progress this year or if they, they regress, really. Uh, they added Emmanuel Sanders with Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs. They chose not to draft any running backs in this past draft, so they're sticking with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. They weren't able to produce much last year, but as this is year three, I think, for both of those guys. You know, Zach Moss, year two, and Devin Singletary, year three, I believe. So maybe those guys take a jump, but I think it's going to be mostly a pass-first offense, and I think it's probably just going to end up being a shootout between Mahomes and Josh Allen, so I look forward to that one. Another matchup that is potentially big time is the Packers at the Chiefs in Week 9. Um, Aaron Rodgers against Patrick Mahomes, I believe for the first time ever. They haven't, they haven't squared up against each other yet. So that could be exciting. But the real question is, will Aaron Rodgers even be there? If I had to guess, I would say no. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to suit up in a Packers uniform. But just in case he does, Packers at Chiefs. Week 9, I will definitely be tuning into that one. Moving along, some other games that I liked on the schedule. We've got the Ravens and the Browns, week 14. Everybody remembers that 
Sunday or Monday night football game where Lamar Jackson left left the game for a while, came back and won it for him. I think this is going to be the new rivalry in that division as Ben gets older and is looking to retire. I like the Ravens a lot this year. I like the Browns even more. They look insane on paper, so I'm excited to see the Browns play as well. Um, the Thanksgiving slate is actually a little bit disappointing this year. We've got the usual suspects, of course, the Lions. They're going to be playing against the Bears, and then you've got the Raiders at the Cowboys and the Bills at Saints. The Bills at Saints could be a good game. I just don't know what the Saints are going to bring to the table this year with their quarterback situation. I don't really like their weapons outside of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. I know those guys can carry a lot of the offense, but Traquan Smith being the number two receiver in that offense worries me a little bit. So the Thanksgiving games are kind of, you know, not the best, but for the first time since 2017, there is going to be Christmas Day games for the NFL. So we're going to have an NBA lineup, I think, on Christmas. It depends what they do with the schedule. But we'll still have NBA games on Christmas as well as NFL games. So that's something to look forward to. And the games are actually really good. So it's a doubleheader, and we have the Browns at the Packers. Really good game if if Aaron Rodgers is there. If Aaron Rodgers isn't there, you know, probably not too interesting. It's um, it's telling that the NFL put so many primetime games on the Packers. I think they have they have six, and they did put them later in the season though. So maybe maybe if they find out Jordan Love is the quarterback, they they flex some of those games out. But we've got Browns and Packers, the first one, and the second game is going to be the Colts, the Cardinals, which is also pretty pretty interesting. The Cardinals are going to be – I'm from Arizona, so that's where I'm at right now is, is Tucson, and, you know, the Cardinals fans out here are a little much. But they think they're going to have a big year in the NFC West. The NFC West is the, the best division in football, I don't think. And I think the Cardinals probably – if not the Cardinals, I would say the Seahawks probably have the weakest roster. The only reason the Seahawks are alive, I think, is because of Russell Wilson. The The receiver they drafted in the first round didn't make much sense. Eskridge, I didn't know too much about him, but um, definitely a guy they could have got later. And not the weapon that I would have wanted if I was Russell Wilson. With that being said, yeah, so Colts, Cardinals are are going to finish out our Christmas Day games. And that's pretty much going to be the bulk of the schedule that I thought was notable. Um, moving on, I just want to talk about some notable free agents that are that are still avail- still available in the league and that's going to be we got Todd Gurley who's only 27 years old, but he seems like he's 45. It's just unbelievable how much these running backs age these days i think when you look at ezekiel elliott he's a perfect example you know everyone's already talking washed and i i I believe he's 25 years old i don't think zeke is washed he had a bad year last year but i think most of that is due to the injured offensive line and he did have four fumbles so i think it was just a bad year for the cowboys altogether i think offensively they're going to be a team that can 
score whenever they want, but that defense is ultimately going to hold them back. Their secondary is extremely suspect, and I would not trust the Cowboys anyways because we know what the Cowboys like to do, and that's choke. Um, more notable free agents that are still out there. We've got Melvin Ingram. He's 32 years old from Los Angeles Chargers. I think he can still be serviceable. Probably not a, a three-down player, but he's a solid pass rusher that I think probably will and should be signed. Uh, of course, there's Richard Sherman. He's 33 at this point. Um, definitely a zone cover corner. He's never really been a man-to-man guy. I'm a big, big 49ers fan, so I know for a fact he's not a man guy when we tried to put him in man in the Super Bowl on Sammy Watkins. Yeah, not a good idea. We also have Justin Houston, who's still out there at age 32. I don't think there's much left in the tank with that guy. Um, In the prime of his career, he led the NFL in sacks, but I don't think he really is as much these days. When he went to the Colts, he virtually disappeared. I hadn't heard his name. Now he's a free agent. I'm sure he'll still be signed just for that veteran presence, but not much to offer on the field at this point. On the other hand, though, there is another free agent still available that I think can help a lot of teams, and that's uh, cornerback Steven Nelson from the Pittsburgh Steelers. With all the superstars that they have on their team, he was kind of overlooked, but he's a solid corner, and I think I think whoever gets their hands on him is gonna it's it's a nice steal. If you weren't able to draft, you know, the corner you wanted in in the in the draft, I think Steven Nelson could be someone that that helps your team tremendously. He can cover, he can play man, he can play zone. Um, he doesn't do one particularly well, but he's serviceable all across the board. Um, And small news in the NFL today, we had Blake Bortles signing with the Packers. I think they just need some veteran depth. I believe that Jordan Love is the only quarterback on the roster at the moment, so they added Bortles. And then you got Tebow signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Tim Tebow is one of my favorite players watching in college, of course. Um, He had some success in the NFL winning a playoff game with the Broncos, but... I think if he wanted to do this tight end thing out of college, he definitely could have done it. I think he's more athletic and could have been a better Taysom Hill if that's what he decided he wanted to do coming out. But, you know, seven years later, he wants to try and come back. I think it's going to be interesting. I think Urban knows how to use him. Um, I see why people are upset that he got signed. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's his college coach. Everybody knows what's going on here. We'll see if he actually makes a team, but one thing I do know is the guy stays in shape, and he's he's a big dude. I think I think he's probably walking around about 250 right now, so Tim Tebow being in the NFL, to me, is always a good thing. We'll see. We'll see what happens if he even makes the roster, but that was interesting. Now let's get into our big, big... NBA headlines. Of course, we got the play-in tournament just right around the corner, um, May 18th through the 21st, so just five days away. Um, the biggest headline, though, would be Russell Westbrook just recently breaking the most triple doubles in a career with 182. Russell Westbrook is going to have one of the most controversial careers in NBA history. 
his his play is tremendous and his effort levels are probably the best in the league he gives the most effort night in and night out but down the stretch you turn on the game and you'll see Russell Westbrook throwing the ball away and turning the ball over I think he is a great player sometimes he gets out of control but I just don't you can't win with the guy it you know Russell Westbrook is not very successful in the playoffs I think he's a great individual player and the stats he put up he puts up are very impressive but um if I'm a Warriors fan I would not want you know Russell Westbrook on my team I don't I don't think so but he's a great player his greatness deserves to be recognized and he probably doesn't deserve half the hate that he gets um, this was the fourth time in his career that he averaged a triple-double for a season. So just putting that in perspective is insane. I think he probably still has two to three years left on, um, at least in his prime. But we'll see what happens with Russ as time moves along. I think uh, people's view on him is going to be you know, interesting to see. But Russell Westbrook is no doubt a great player. Congrats to him for breaking that triple-doubles record. And, you know, there's no other player like him. Uh, moving forward with some headlines, we've got the the scoring title is in a tight race. We've got Beal right now, Bradley Beal from the Wizards, at 31.4 points per, per game. And then we have Curry at 31.8 points per game. Now, recently, if you didn't hear after... Um, Bradley Bill sat out due to a, a, a hamstring injury after Curry dropped 49 points in 29 minutes. His teammate, Kent Bazemore, came to the mic and said, you know, 49 points in 29 minutes, though that's unreal, referring to Curry's output. Then we got guys hurting hamstrings trying to keep up, so y'all got to do some research on that. Probably not a place for... You know, Kemp Baseboard to be speaking, <laughs> you know, to Bradley Beal. I think they're on two different playing fields at this point. But continued, it's funny you say that because your man's admittedly checked my numbers before the game, but I'm chasing. So I don't think that's really relevant. You know, if you're in the, you know, scoring title race, sure, you're going to check, check what the other guy did. But I don't think Curry checking Beal's stats is, you know, sitting out of game to keep your average where it's at. But I think Curry ultimately wins this race. Beal has been getting buckets, of course. I would not be mad if Bradley Beal is in a Warriors uniform next year. But moving on, we've got one of the worst injuries, I think, a lot of injuries this year from Jamal Murray and now Jalen Brown out for the rest of the season with a wrist injury. He was averaging a career high 24.7 points on 48.4% shooting this season, and he made his first All-Star game. Jalen Brown became one of my favorite players of the 2021 season. He has been, like, balling, and he's the second fiddle to um, Jason Tatum, but that guy really elevated his game this year, and Jalen Brown, can't wait till you get back on the court. That being said, I just wanted to explain the play-in tournament that's coming up on the 18th. Um, it's really easy to not know the rules. Um and how it works but in each conference the nine seed will play the 10 and the winner of the nine and 10 will play the loser of the seven and eight game and the winner of the seven and eight game is the seventh seed if that makes sense 
So you've got your current uh, East playing teams. You got the Celtics at number seven at 35 and 35. You've got the Hornets at 33 and 36. The Pacers at 33 and 36, and the Wizards at 32 and 38 in the Eastern Conference. So if the Pacers end up playing the Wizards, they will play the loser of the seven and the eight game, which would be the Celtics and the Hornets. And then the winner of the seventh, the seven and eight game is the seventh seed. And the the how do I word this? The so the winner of seven eight is the seventh seed, and then the loser of that game, let's just say it's the Hornets, they'll play the winner of Pacers Wizards. Let's just say the Pacers win. So it'll be the Pacers against the Hornets, and they'll play for the eight seed. I hope I didn't confuse too much of you, but that's how it works. So in each conference, the nine seed will play the ten. Since there's a nine and ten seed, the lowest seed possible, if they win, they have to win another game to get into that eighth seed. And automatically, the winner of 7-8 gets that 7th seed. I hope I explained that right. So, moving on, though, just to look at the current playing teams in the West, you have the Lakers at number 7. They're 40 and 30. And then you've got the Warriors at 37 and 33. The Grizzlies at 36 and 33. And the Spurs at 33 and 36. I don't see too much movement happening in either conference, considering there's only two games left. Um... I don't think I think the Lakers are basically shooed in for the playing game. They'll play the Warriors, which is going to be you can't get any better than that to start the playoffs. But it, yeah, who knows what could happen in that Lakers Warriors game? Um, the Lakers have been doing some funny things. I don't know why. I know they're not healthy, but I'm expe I expected AD and LeBron to be back by now, and AD did sit again last night, and they were able to win against the Rockets, 124 to 122, with no AD, LeBron, or Schroeder. But I'm not confident in the Lakers this year, to be honest with you. I don't think I don't think they've played together enough. I know it's LeBron, I know it's AD, but there's everyone's elevated their game, and this isn't the NBA bubble. So I'm going to bet my money against the Lakers, to be honest with you. To continue in the West standings, we have the Blazers at 41 and 29 at number five and the Mavs at number six with the same record I think they will stay out of the plan both of those teams Mavs are playing really well right now um, and the Blazers actually beat the number one seed Utah Jazz last night 105 to 98 it is officially Dame time he's playoff times right around the corner and you know what he does he sends people home so I love watching the Blazers in the playoffs and I look forward to playoff basketball being right around the corner. Another surprising headline, though, is that the Hawks are currently the fourth seed in the East, and I, I think that's really surprising. Their roster is really good, though, from Trey Young to John Collins to Bogdan Bogdanovich to Clint Capella, who leads the league in rebounds. I think the Hawks are a scary team to play. If they play the Heat the first round, I think they could steal a couple of games, but... I don't think they end up winning that series. If they end up drawing the Knicks, I think they can definitely win that series. So the Hawks are a team that I like, and they're young. They have a lot of stars, and they're really fun to watch offensively. Trey Young, of course, is a is a liability on the defensive end. You can kind of pick on him, but other than that, I like their scoring. They're going to score 120 points every game, almost guaranteed. 
and they're hard to stop on offense. Moving forward, the Celtics lost last night to the Cavaliers in a must-win situation. They're the number seven seed in the East, and you know the loss of Jalen Brown, I think, really just tanks this team. I don't think the Celtics make it too far, which is unfortunate because I really like the Celtics team going into the season. Jalen Brown taking the next step. Jason Tatum, you know, dropping sixty. I really like the Celtics, but surrounding those guys, um, there's just been injuries. Kemba hasn't been the same dude he was in Charlotte. I really thought Kemba was going to be someone that could elevate this team to the next level, but he can't stay healthy for one, and when he's out there, he's just shooting poorly. So this Celtics team has really just underperformed. Um, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Rome Bracey Sports Podcast. I just want to thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to continue to create content. You can expect YouTube videos. You can expect posts on my social media as I continue to grow. And thank you for listening. Have a good one. With the play-in tournament just five days away, I am super excited about the NBA playoffs to begin. I think this is going to be one to remember. I've been waiting to tune into sports because the NFL has been gone and I cannot wait for NBA playoff season to kick off. I really like the play-in tournament. I know the Lakers, LeBron, are complaining about it, but that's because they're in it. I can't wait to see Lakers Warriors. Go Warriors.